What's up, my friends? And welcome to Carpo's Corner Podcast. I don't really know what else to call it except a podcast. This isn't my usual format, but it's something I'm trying to move into. And today I have a variety of different subjects I'd like to talk about. Where do I start? You know, I'm sitting here, I'm thinking about how fast time goes by. This video, or audio, is really going to cover a few different topics. And uh, a podcast, in the sense of uh, trying to discuss a few different things on my mind and bring them into some sort of a connection. Depression is the main topic of tonight and how it affects us as individuals and a society. Then I'm going to move into shadow work, learning to deal with your darker side, and then into scams, health scams, and all this bullshit, you know, health influencers crap, which a lot of people beat me to. <laughs> um, between the time I intended to make this recording and talk about Goop and these other products out here that are basically just selling you garbage, um, I've seen like two of the other subs you know, sub channels I subscribe to talk about this very subject. So, you know, when I talk about a subject, it always seems like it comes up in various places because all of us are, you know, relating to the same information. So, but I grabbed this one other paper that I was going to mention here, and it's called the, uh, you know, it's a, the paradox of knowing. It's about enlightenment. And I remember specifically looking at this paper, and I was had it sitting up on my shelf a while back and I said I'm going to make a video shortly or recording like this and talk about this subject and uh, time went on I looked at the date on the paper and it says 7-9-2019 <laughs> that is a long time ago that means the time when I wrote that paper was over six months ago and it's just weird you know you, you think well I'm gonna get to this next thing you know six months go by or a year, or two years, and um, I thought that was a great segue into the idea of what I mean by depression. You know, a lot, I know a lot of my subscribers have had depression or have depressive symptoms. I only say that not because of any specific thing I've heard or things I talk about, but because a, that percentage of the population which faces depression is... Uh, it's not always the same group. A huge percentage of people uh, will suffer through some sort of a depressive episode in the next year, and most of us in our lives will go through at least one or two. And I wanted to relate back to 1995, 25 years ago, and I remember laying on my couch thinking I had no friends, nobody liked me, nobody cared about me, and I was living with my mom at the time, and I was 20 years old. And long story short, my brother had been hanging out with my friends, and he was a, my brother was three years younger than me. And he had a way of, um, let's just say, being a younger brother. <laughs> I love him to death, but, you know, I was a jerk to him as an older brother, and he was a jerk to me as a younger brother. That's just what happens. He would take my things and give them to my friends, and I'd see them and say, where'd you get that? He'd say, my brother gave it to him, so on and so forth. But in my mind, I, I thought that my brother had convinced my friends that 
I sucked, <laughs> that I was worthless, or that it wasn't worth hanging out with me. I don't recall how the episode started, but there was about a two-week to a month period where I was just laid out, I couldn't move, I felt completely, you know, I was dysfunctional. And then one day I talked to my friend, and I don't remember the details, but I remember he dispelled the myth I was thinking by saying, what are you talking about? Nobody feels that way. Um, and on through life I went. I've had various episodes of depression and anxiety. I consider myself, uh, in at some most points in my life, to be a happy person. I, as happy as one can be when you're not, you know, deluding yourself. But there's a lot of high-functioning depression out there, and a lot of people have learned to cope with it. And I say this because from the outside, a person who doesn't know me or know someone else, you know, might think, oh, well, this person's always happy, they've got a great life. That's complete nonsense. Everybody has problems. But being high-functioning means you're able to deal with it. Many people have imposter syndrome, or they don't think they're worthy of their position or who they are. Uh, they feel like they should be doing more. And then other people aren't aware of our mood swings and what you know our day really consists of as individuals. For all people. Nobody's immune to this. And we all know we have to play our role. We can't be a victim, right? We can't just push our way through life and say, well, poor me, poor me, you take care of me. So um, what brings on this depression? Why do we have these problems? Well, you could say that it's genetic. You could say that it stems from our own desires. You could get into Buddhism. I'll mention some of that, those ideas later about suffering and whatnot, but it's not always that. Money is a huge issue for a lot of people. And you know what the interesting thing is? That for people who don't have enough money to survive, money becomes their big issue of anxiety and depression. But for people who have more than enough money than they need, money becomes an issue of protecting and defending. So it's not like the rich are immune. And there's still an illusion people have that if they get wealthy, they'll just be fine. So my personal depression and anxiety today comes from my money situation. But it's not that I'm completely broke, and it's not that I have too much. <laughs> no, not by any means. It's that I'm trying to plan for my future and at the same time live in the now, and I'm learning how to function in this world. And the fact that we're all dealing with our own little shortcomings and discoveries in life is compounded by the fact that we have social media. Being able to scroll, 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 scroll complete distractions from real life. Most people buy into it. I'm guilty. I'll look at the same news stories or the same YouTube playlist or the same, you know, <laughs> subscription list. Oh, nothing new, nothing new. And think, what am I doing? Social media is a distraction because it allows us to see what's going on in the world, or so we think. It's the reason I canceled my Facebook. It's the reason I've never used Twitter or Instagram. But I'm not blaming them. I'm saying my own shortcomings, my own addiction could allow me to waste a lot of time on those places. So we struggle to focus. So all of us are struggling to focus in this new world, and it compounds our problems. 
That's why even I have a hard time watching a long video or listening to a long discussion such as the ones that I hold. <laughs> but it's funny because if the person is interesting enough, I will listen. And weirdly enough, sometimes I find one of my old videos and I'll listen to the whole thing and think, oh yeah, I forgot all about that. Because when I'm in a certain state of mind, I have all these thoughts. If you ask me those same questions a year later, I might forget a lot of the details. So, so when we are going through life, sure, we have depressive episodes, we pull out of it, we get strong. Well, a lot of people are what they call HSP, highly sensitive people. And in my eyes, because a lot of folks seem to think this is a desirable trait, and if you look up highly sensitive people, or it'll usually be a lot of articles about people being on the defensive by saying, well, it's a good thing. It's a good thing to cry all the time. It's a good thing to, you know, be upset easily because then we can sense others' emotions and try to help them. And I say, you know, that's good in, pra in, uh, in theory, but not in practice. First off, most people don't want your sensitive emotions. They don't want your opinion. They don't want you to tell them what they need. And um, they want you to be able to hold a normal conversation without getting all upset without, you know, getting triggered by every little thing in the world that's sad. And um, I'm not sitting here to harp on highly sensitive people. I'm saying it's something that we should work to uh, try to harness rather than try to uh, just let flow and just be emotional. Because if something big really happens in this world, let's put it this way, in a lot of parts of the world, people don't have an option to be a highly sensitive person. They've got to be tough. They have to have thick skin. So... When something big comes our way, we have to be able to deal with it. And that comes down to emotional intelligence. And that's very simply the ability to control your emotions, know when to harness what emotions, and when to let things go without becoming a complete asshole. <laughs> um, or a complete, you know, bag of emotion. But, <clears throat> you know, it's like as humans, we don't, I don't feel useless, Right? But it's work. It really is work to not feel useless. And that's my personal experience. But after talking and listening and reading and watching, I found a lot of other people have that same feeling. That's kind of the imposter syndrome I talked about. I don't feel useless. But it's work to make yourself feel adequate, like you're pulling your weight, like you're really doing your part in this world, whatever that might mean. So when we want to get things done, we try our best, and when we fail, we start to suffer. Sometimes drinking creeps in, or drugs, and then we start to consume substances in hopes that that will get us out of our situation. And then we have different mood swings throughout the day on top of that. There's something they call diurnal variation, which is the difference between the way you feel, let's say, in the morning and night. And diurnal variation is something that I've always experienced. Most of us do. As you get older, though, it becomes more prominent, more pronounced. And for a lot of people, in the morning they feel helpless or bored or unmotivated. In the afternoon or evening they feel completely, you know, on top of the world and everything's great. That can have a lot to do with the way our brains adapt to the day as well as what we consume. But regardless, what I'm saying is we need to be aware that different times of the day we're going to be more motivated and not always punish ourselves because we don't feel uh, a certain way at a certain time. 
And this goes for emotions towards other people, too. For example, that's a perfect way to say, don't let others tell you how to mourn, or how to be sad, or what's important, or what issues you should be concerned about. You have to decide that. There's a word called anhedonia, which is a loss of interest. If you've ever watched South Park, there's a perfect episode that defines this. It's the one where Stan wakes up one morning and his radio comes on for the alarm, and it just sounds like a bunch of guys talking shit, literally spewing crap out of their mouth, and it's just like... And the whole episode, everything becomes shit to him, when it's something he doesn't want to hear, even when it's his favorite music, and that's the anhedonia. That's the everything is shit syndrome. You have to really avoid that. That's something that may come, especially in the college years, let's say, of a lot of people. You start to realize, oh, this is all bullshit. If you get into that cynicism and you get sucked into that, then you're not creating your own value, your own reality. Because I can say, yes, that it, the world is shit sometimes, but it's all in your head. And nihilism can be viewed in many different ways, but it's the idea that there is no inherent value in anything, that all religions are false, that no man knows what life is, and therefore you can create your own reality. And to anyone who has a belief system, that's considered hedonism, um, a cheap way out, or a shortcut. I've, heard, I've been accused, after saying that, by a lot of religious people of saying, well, you're just trying to create your own reality. Yes, sir, absolutely. But don't tell me it's easier, because it's not. It's much easier to just believe somebody else's prepackaged belief system than it is to actually sort through the information. So let's not pretend that being an atheist or agnostic or thinking for yourself is somehow an easy path out from religion. Because I still share the same values, I still care about my fellow man, I still won't harm or steal or hurt other people. These values are inherent within us as humans, we don't know why, and that's life. And we don't understand these things, and that makes it even harder to get over the anxiety. And these depressive symptoms and anxiety can become worse depending on our mental state. So what gets us out of it? <laughs> you know, a lot of people say to follow your passion. That's something I'm trying really hard to do right now. My passion is writing, but it's also reading. It's also taking notes and drawing. I realize that my passion is words. And I'm trying to figure out how to turn words into an income. Because following your passion does not always equal money. Ask any artist. In fact, it's a very difficult path to take. And so a lot of artists become nihilists in a way. They kind of give up and create their own reality, kind of acknowledging that they can't do anything with it, seeing the mainstream and how billions of dollars are funneled through these mainstream art projects and music projects that are just complete shit, and then you wake up feeling like Stan, <laughs> where everything on the radio sounds like crap, because it really is. So um, what do we do, right? We push through. We push through this shit. We ask for help if needed. We have to stay strong, stay in motion, follow those passions, whatever it takes. And I know that sounds cheesy because every time somebody tells it to me, it sounds cheesy as hell. Say, oh yeah, it's so easy to just follow your passions, you know. I'll fall back into my little depressive state for a while and then I'll fight through it and turn on some music and say, no, I'm going to do this. 
but we cannot fail to acknowledge the system itself creates anxiety. It's a go-go world. We need quiet time. If you're an introvert or an extrovert or anywhere in between, which most people are somewhere in between, we need quiet time. Sometimes I come out to my office here to record or make a video. Other times I come out and just sit. And I sit and think because I need that time. My brain gets overwhelmed with the, you know, the world. And the older you get, it seems as the harder the harder it is to deal with all the chaos out there. So we have to learn to harness it, you know. Deal with it. And also not to blame. Because a lot of folks, as they get older, they start to blame. They blame society. They blame their parents. They blame the government. You know, they blame the Jews. They blame the blacks. They blame the men. They blame the women. It doesn't matter. It's all a complete bunch of bullshit. In other other words, having judgments or opinions on races, cultures, or people is one thing. But actually actively seeking out and telling other groups that they're to blame for your problems is, I think, kind of a scapegoat, a way to get away from your own problems, not having to, I don't know, I guess, uh, be accountable. And we're living in a world where nobody's accountable and where being unique is not rewarded. And society parents, teachers, they all have expectations of us. And if we don't fulfill those expectations, then all of a sudden we feel like shit. But you know what's important? More than any of that is the expectation of yourself. We all have an expectations of ourselves. But it's also important to acknowledge the expectations of others, of course. I mean, we go through a lot of different things in our life. We have ages where we go through many different age groups or, you know, um, job change, having kids, losing people, gaining people, or having realizations or epiphanies about life. All of these things come at different times for each individual. So we come to the one day at a time. Have patience. You know, it's really important. I can't stress that enough, that each person is so unique, it's easy to point the finger at others and think, well, they don't know what they're talking about, but we do, in our own way. But what about self-medication? You know, medication is very much up to the person. There's short-term and long-term medication. We have to have coping skills. We can consume substances which alter our mental state, but... You know what helps the most, in my opinion? Music. I'll say that when I'm frustrated, I listen to heavy metal sometimes. I'm a huge music fan. I listen to everything. I'll listen to heavy metal. It'll go right into some Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Then I'll go into some rap. You know, really, I have no limits. I like everything, as long as it has a good message and I can relate. But I like to dance. I like to listen to music. And I like to think. And even though many people in society, in fact most people, respect music, the world ignores philosophy. So I can relate with you on a certain song, but maybe not on a philosophy or an idea. It seems that thinking isn't something that's really that cherished. 
unless you're using it as some kind of pretentious, you know, um, a, a way to say, look who I am, you know, look at what I know. I read about philosophy. I'm not talking about old philosophers. I'm talking about coming up with your own philosophy about life. A lot of people are uh, paranoid out there about the world. And I remember I read this quote the other day that said, <laughs> Paranoia is hypersensitivity to variables you haven't considered. Actually, no, it was Joe Rogan who said that on one of his shows. And I'm sure he'd, he'd recited that. But it says, Paranoia is hypersensitivity to the variables you haven't considered. And what, he was talking about cannabis, but I was relating it to just life in general, how a person, uh, when you really take the time to think about what's going on, paranoia can really mean just thinking about things you hadn't thought about before. And that's kind of funny, because a lot of people really don't think about the bigger picture of life. And uh, you find that out the hard way when you talk to them. You have to have really thick skin out there in the world. The hatred can get into your pores. Negativity can hijack your brain. You can get into these conspiracy channels where everybody's pointing the finger, and it's always somebody else's fault, and everything is somehow a false flag. And, you know, it's, it's a way to hijack your emotions. you got to let it go. Because you realize you'll never be liked by everyone. And this is a conclusion most people eventually come to. You're always going to be hated by some. You're always going to be disagreed with by some. But if we find a community that agrees with us, then often we can get really sucked into that community. I found there's two kinds of people with thick skin. Very stupid or very intelligent. And that's absolutely true. Which means that if you insult somebody or tell them the truth or tell them like it is, uh, you know, if you're if you're intelligent enough to just let it ride, you just you know, uh, you don't have to let bull other people's bullshit affect you. But also people who are too dumb to even realize <laughs> what you're saying. So, you know, to go with this, I wanted to move into the dark side. You know, you're never wasting your talent. Use your talent whenever you can. Try to find your, you know, your life path, your mission, whatever it might be. As cheesy as it sounds. But if you can't, just keep trying. But there's another part, is knowing your shadow, knowing the dark side. Resisting yourself, your true desires, and your true passions, it can cause extremism. It can cause projection. I've seen this over and over where, a, let me give you a perfect example, is the some extremist pastor who's always, always talking about what a problem we have with homosexuals in the world. And then you find out he was gay the whole time. Or somebody who's talking about child abuse, and then years later you find out he was a child abuser. This happens consistently. We you see this all the time in the news. Um, so in other words, people will project themselves on the world when they feel insecure about their inner feelings. And uh, it's a good way to get to know people sometimes. But uh, denying, denial of our inner nature or repressing it, I mean, that can really cause a lot of inner conflict. You have a choice of self-improvement or self-acceptance. And you can always be improving upon yourself, but... You have to be mindful. It's a lifelong process. If we deny our nature, it equals suffering. It's that simple. 
And by the time we figure it out, by the time we figure anything out in this life, we've changed our mind sometimes. And that makes it difficult because we finally discover some reality and then all of a sudden we don't agree with it anymore. Change is existence. Everything is always in flux. The light cannot exist without darkness. And that's just the reality as we have to see it. And we have plenty of darkness out there. <laughs> Definitely, we do. Which brings me to my final conclusion, or should I say my final f uh, discussion within this uh, video or audio recording here. It's something I was going to put in a separate video. Maybe I should, actually. I was going to talk about influencers and these new products through Gwyneth Paltrow and this Goop line and uh, the kind of shit that they're selling individuals. But um, I think I'm going to save it for a separate recording because there's a lot of different discussions. I really wanted to keep this surrounding depression, sensitivity, passions, anxiety, and I guess I should leave it there. The world that we live in is is the world we live in. Trying to define it is fruitless. Each one of us sees everything through our own eyes, through our own unique perspective. I've said that before, but I pretty much say it every video. We all see things uniquely. And this is underscored in capital letters, in bold print, because we tend to forget that. We might be having a discussion with another human. They may look like us, they may talk like us. But deep down inside, we're just using these preconceived notions and these patterns and words that we understand or try to understand to put together into a way where we can convey our message to someone else. And they may or may not agree with us. But if we're fighting about details that we haven't even confirmed, there are so many misunderstandings out there. I really believe that if we put more time into trying to understand each other, we'd be better off. And I think that a lot of depression out there stems from not understanding each other. The one thing that I've seen as I'm trying to piece together the psychology of humans for my own reasons, so I can understand my fellow humans and myself, is that Within all these different groups, whether it be political, whether it be religious, whether it's a sewing circle, whether it's a flat earth society, all the people who gather in groups behind ideas, I found that the ideas are rarely as important as the community. In fact, I would go as far as to say that the community within even religions is much more highly important than the individual beliefs because it allows people to hold each other in times of need and to have some understanding of the world around them. And when it comes to politics, if we're really divided between left and right, as ridiculous as it is, then we're missing the bigger picture that we really all have the same inner needs, the same inner desires. We just define them differently. And letting go of these differences helps us realize that much of our depression, much of our anxiety comes from the idea that we may be wrong, that we may not have the full picture, 
or that we're afraid that somebody else is out to get us. And uh, generally, I would say this, the world's not out to get us as much as we think. Most people are just living their own lives, and they're not going to waste their time with us. <laughs> so we have to take care of ourselves. And uh, more importantly than that, take care of your take care of each other. So I hope you find your community, because I think community is our way out of depression. And I hope I defined that as well as possible. <laughs> Thanks for coming along, and uh, I appreciate you listening, and I hope you gained something from it. If anyone I'm trying to reach, the people out there who are afraid of doing their own shadow work, it's okay to go into the darkness. You will come out. Don't define things as good and evil. If you're having a feeling depressed or anxious, and in religion or beliefs are playing any part of that, let go of anything you believe and start over. Because it's more important that you're thinking rationally and clearly. Because, as I was saying, the enlightenment is always there. You just have to peel away the layers to discover what your version of it is. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you all later.